everybody. Welcome once again to Starship Podcast Warlock. My name is Drew. My name is Jeff. And we are watching Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, this is a thing we do on this podcast. We watch shows. You watch them with us. We make inane comments over them. And if you know what's good it. for you. <laughs> yes. Uh, so that's what's going on. Uh, if somehow you've just dropped into this episode. Um, if you have, go ahead and hit pause now. Um, not now, but after I finish saying what I'm saying, I'll, I'll tell you when to hit pause. All right, let's start again. Uh, now, should we hit pause now? <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just wait. So, what can, you need can to we do apply is... the electrodes now? <laughs> no, no, Desmond. Mm. Uh, first, you need to find a copy of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, or you need to subscribe to Hulu, which is where it seems to be right now while we're recording this, and we don't uh, get any money from Hulu, although clearly we should. Um, Call us. And we'd funnel it back to Wikipedia, uh, given how much we've made use of their wonderful website, uh, which, you know, quick sidebar, I, I feel like Wikipedia is one of the best things to happen on the internet, because for all the issues that it undoubtedly has, uh, it's, I don't know, it just sort of feels like what the internet was made to be, which is like this giant encyclopedia of things people say about other things. Well, I mean, you know, it's it's kind of um, a little bit of Hitchhiker's E in its own regard, it really except is, for yeah. the large friendly letters on the cover. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, you can picture there's an update that says mostly harmless. And I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I, I keep forgetting that, but it really is like our own little Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, and I, I feel like a device should be made that basically only browses Wikipedia. Uh, and is uh, styled like a hitchhiker's guide. I would totally buy that because I am a complete sucker. We could do that for like merchandise for the show. Oh yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll just call up my factory and and get them to yeah put totally together a new device. It shouldn't take that long. Yeah. Uh, I'll design the UX. Um, anyway, uh, I, how do we even get started on that? Uh, oh, we're I talking don't about know. sponsorship that we don't get. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the point is, uh, get ready to watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with us, uh, and uh, if you want to go and get it right now, you can, uh, and you can hit pause now. Get it here. All right, we're we're back. You you unpaused. You heard Jeff saying, "Get it here," um, and now. Oh we're, damn! We're I was hoping you would cut it. that out. Okay. <laughs> well, there's still time. Mm. Uh, so. We are going to uh, discuss something other than what we've been discussing just now uh, before the episode gets started, just as a little bit of a warm-up. Uh, you know, maybe you are figuring out how to sign up for a streaming service, or you're waiting for your DVD to arrive, and you, you need to listen to something, uh, whatever it happens to be. Um, and Jeff, I think you had a topic in mind for today. I did. Um, I was thinking about the fact that because Hitchhikers originated as a radio show, um, that uh, I, I don't know how many people still listen to radio shows right now, or I suppose podcast, as the kids call them. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I was thinking in particular about things that have made transitions from different media. Uh, again, um, Hitchhiker started as a radio show and then went to books and TV shows and, and a record, and um, uh, at some point they'll make a movie out of it, I'm just saying. Um <laughs> And uh, and so curious about um, which other things that we prefer that are in different media. 
and um, or or you know even stuff that don't transition from one media to another. You know what kind of radio shows do you like in general? And and I started jotting down a list. Um, you know if you were going to name, for example, something that. Uh, that was also a book or another series. Um, I, I'm quite, I, I'm fond of the, uh, BBC did a um, adaptation in the 80s of Isaac Osmo's Foundation series, which as it's a very talky series, I think actually works very well as a radio series. Um, of course, that is uh, going to be a TV, TV series very soon. And I'm very curious considering the fact that I think something that talky won't work as a TV series. And I think that they're taking a little bit of liberties as a result of it. I'm very curious to see how that will work by comparison. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, if we wanted to talk about something that is more of a, a you know, a, more of a modern serial, though I guess it's almost 40 years old at this point, because I think it started in 1982. Uh, that's uh, Ruby Galactic Gumshoe. Um, which is, is that still the, these, going? No, uh, yeah, actually, they're they're like doing Ruby ten, Ruby oh, eleven. Wow. Like, I mean, you can hear the change in the actors' voices forty years later from from Laura Esterman oh and company. You gosh. can hear like the quiver in their their voice that they've gotten older. But um, uh, and they they've been doing a lot of that online. And I think it's kind of diminishing returns. But like the first couple series, I I enjoy tremendously, and I actually bought the next two or three, and then I'm like, okay, I'm kind of done with this. But the the first two, I still enjoy the little interstitials, the the whole Android Sisters bit. Um, kills me every single time and then um it's also true i grew up my my dad my parents had me very uh late in life so my dad is going to be 93 this year he grew up during the golden age of radio and he instilled in me in an early age uh a love of um old-time radio stuff and uh and in fact um when i was in chicago after grad school that um uh, the great Stan Freeberg used to host uh, reruns of classic old time radio. So between the two of those, I listen to quite a lot of it. And uh, mm -hmm. and although I'm I'm great fond I, I'm fond of a lot of the stuff um, that they did in the U.S., including if you want to go back to like uh, Dimension X slash X minus one that was doing you know Asimov and Heinlein and Bradbury short stories, mm. um, uh, dramatizations of that. Um, in addition to, you know, the comedy of, of like, you know, Great Gildersleeve and a lot of the stuff that's very, very jokey. And, and um, I, I do have a fondness for it, even though I imagine that would be much more painful nowadays. But um, in keeping with this being a British, uh, our British podcast, I would be remiss if I didn't mention The Goon Show, which is really the, the I mean, in terms of pure anarchy and fourth wall breaking and craziness to radio series is really, um, you know, the Pythons used to cite this as an antecedent. It's absolutely true that, I mean, you know, most people know Peter Sellers from, uh, from Pink Panther, but like... Um, you know that that him and Spike Milligan and and, um, and Harry Seacombe that they would do. I mean, it was these stock characters that they had that they kept putting in different situations. Is how it evolved, mm -hmm. and some of them would do. Each of them would do several characters at a time, and they would do plenty of like I said, fourth fourth wall breaking. But it, it's a fantastic, fantastic show, and you can get the ones that survive. You can listen to a lot of them and, and find quite a few of them on on. Uh, online or for purchase and um i adore um you know one of my favorites i think is is six charlies in search of an author um brilliant brilliant series and like i said progenitor of all the pythons in terms of like you know skits that don't really end and 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 it really is pure anarchy i mean it's it's almost i, I feel like it's a, it's somewhere between um uh, between the marx brothers and um and python in terms of uh in terms of history because it happened in the 50s but um yeah, I, I, I recommend that to just about everyone if you're not familiar with it. Um, and then um, 
for more modern well, stuff. Yeah, I, well, I did grow hold, up hold in Hold on a second. I wanted to comment on the Goon Show. So oh, I, yes, please do. I, I have um, attempted to listen to it, and I really struggle with it, and I'm not sure why. It's it's. Uh, I don't know if its level of cleverness goes beyond what I have reference for, or if it's just something to do with the fact that um, my attention tends to wander if I'm just listening to something. Hmm. And... Uh, and so, yeah, it's really, I, I feel like it's harder for me to sort of track stuff when it's audio only like that. Interesting. Um, so that, that could have something to do with it. But yeah, I've, I've never quite gotten into it, but I know you've talked about it a lot. Yeah. And I'm definitely aware of the kind of like historical importance I, of it. I'd be curious if I threw specific episodes of you, if that would be helping, because I can picture some of them, some of them I don't think would work very well as an introduction. So I could picture it being depending on which ones you initially encounter. Um, but that said, I mean, you know, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work for you, I get it totally. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like I listen to it and I'm like, oh, this is terrible. It's just, yeah. I, you know, I kind of struggle to follow along mm -hmm. with what they're trying to convey. I mean, it also helps if I originally listened to, you know, much like the young ones that, um, they had, uh, they had musical interludes, I think partially because I, and I don't know if that's because they would get a bigger budget or whatever. And, and, uh, but, uh, you know, some of the stuff that I listened to would cut some of those uh, musical interludes out. And I, I think mm. that that helped, although it was interesting because both the announcer and like the band leaders would uh, occasionally get swept up into the action, as the case may be anyway, which is um, which was, again, part of the fourth wall breaking efforts. Uh, but the rest of the time it was just the OK, there's this pleasant bit of, of you know, 50s big band type music or something that, OK, I could take or leave, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but anyway, sorry, you were about to go on to modern. Oh, stuff. I was going to say so for modern stuff. You know, I, I certainly grew up on my my dad listened to Prairie Home Companion. And I listened to that for for many years, and and Car Talk was always kind of amusing. Um, <laughs> and, and then uh, more more recently, um, you know, certainly Welcome to Night Vale. Uh, for those people that are familiar with the uh, this is um, uh, spoiler for. Um, uh, a member of the Society of Creative Anachronism, we're, we're doing a, a little version, a knockoff of it, of which um, uh, we'll be doing in like uh, the fall. So I, I shan't say any more until that's coming up. But like, I, I adore, adore Night Vale. I mean, it has its formula and all that, but um, when it's, when it's on, it's, it's very on. Um, and then I, I wanted to give a shout out to, um, to uh, people in the Bay area. There is a uh, podcast called drunk Broadway, which is, I think to some extent inspired by drunk history, um, although it, it ranges beyond that. And a lot of, uh, a lot of friends in the Bay area that have, um, participated in, in that, um, uh, yeah. not me, but, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I, I enjoy listening to it tremendously. I remember, uh, talking with you about Night Vale, uh, fairly extensively. And it's, it's a show that I feel really ambivalent about, I think, because, uh, there's a few different reasons. Um, number one, uh, and to set everything else in context, it's really the kind of thing that I would want to make if I were doing a fiction podcast, this kind of weird, um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Weird is maybe the best word for it, but just these, well, these strange eerie things going on. And I mean, I, I refer town. to it as H HP Lovecraft meets Prairie Home Companion, basically. Okay. Yep. I'll buy that. Um, even though I never heard Prairie Home Companion, but whatever. Mm. Um, it, it, um, yeah, so so I, I really like the fictional space that it occupies quite a bit, um, and there are parts of it that I do like a lot. But 
Um, I struggled with it a lot in the beginning because when I listened to it, I was like, this is a dude reading a script. Like I didn't really, it didn't sound like a radio show that it was supposed to be. So like the, um, I couldn't take it at kind of face dramatic level, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, because it, it was so clearly a guy reading a script. It didn't sound like somebody doing a community radio show. You know what I mean? Um, but I eventually just sort of got, just sort of dealt with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, his delivery does change. His delivery does change if you listen to it and evolve over time. But it's a question as with, as I've struggled with a lot of shows, both radio and TV, that it's the, you know, can you sit and get through the initial until you get to the bit where it gets kind of uh, interesting. That's something I'm going f- through in a completely different realm now, watching through Bojack Horseman, of which, like, the first season was, I think, painful, but, like, I'm mostly through the third season, and it's so brilliant, but I, I had to get through season one for that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. I mean, I've I've definitely listened to a fair bit of it, uh, and, and so if, if it does change a lot, I haven't got to the part where it does. But yeah. I, I don't think that should put off anybody who is interested in the, uh, in the overall concept of it. I think I'm very much in the minority of uh, having trouble getting past the presentation of it to the fiction of it. I love you, Cecil. Okay, I figured I'd just say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay. Uh, so I interrupted you again. Go ahead. Oh, no, no. That's just because I've been uh, rambling on at the mouth so much on this. Um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, I didn't talk about the fact that um, certainly in terms of radio shows, in terms of something British, uh, I, I feel like I should mention Big Finish at some point and all the Doctor Who stuff that they've mm-hmm. uh they've done and and especially ones that you've sent my way um some of the more um well-renowned versions especially the ones that eventually got converted or were inspired by episodes that made it into the tv series later on so um jubilee and spare parts in particular and mm-hmm. um uh yeah and it's certainly, very fond of oh go ahead oh yeah and certainly the you know one of the 50 million versions of shada that they've recorded over the years <laughs> yeah shada is an interesting one because uh I don't even know how many versions there are. I mean, I have heard one where Paul McGann plays uh, the Tom Baker part, and I, I feel mm-hmm. like it doesn't quite work. He's a very different doctor in a lot of ways, and a different actor in a lot of ways, but uh, it, it's still kind of interesting to hear it in that flavor. Um, I would agree, if there's anybody who's interested in pursuing the like extremely huge world of Doctor Who audios, like I can't believe how many there are. Uh there are probably more big finishes than there are televised episodes. I haven't, I haven't done the count. I could be wrong, but there's a lot of it. Um, well, again, and... are you counting episodes? Or are you counting parts? Like, I mean, I mean, that's also part of it too. Stories, I think, is what I'm, yeah. what I'm counting. But, okay. uh, but I don't know. I haven't counted them, so who knows? But, but there is yeah. quite a lot of it. So you, you have a lot of additional Doctor Who if you ever want to check that out, and that's before you even get into the novels or anything like that. Oh but, yeah. Um, but I would agree. I, I feel like Jubilee and the the other ones that uh, Robert Sherman wrote, um, including uh, Holy Terror, mm-hmm. and there's I think a couple others. Uh, Scherzo, I think. Did, did he do? Chimes did he do Chimes? I was gonna say who did Chimes at Midnight? Um, yeah, that's that's him again. I think. Um, yeah, um, I haven't listened to Scherzo yet. I think that's his. I could be wrong, but uh, yeah. he is a real, like. If I see anything with his name on it, I'm. Willing to pick it up and read it. I, I just love his, um, I love his writing. So, 
Um, yeah, those are the ones that I like. I think that one of the struggles that I have with Big Finish, I feel like I'm just being critical about everything now, but like one of the struggles I have with Big Finish, and I very much appreciate the fact that it exists. I, I'm not really complaining, but uh, an awful lot of things end up with the Daleks. <laughs> and so like yeah. this potentially interesting thing, I'm like, oh, wow, this is where is this going? And oh, of course it's going to Daleks. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I mean, um, th- there's definitely a uh, huge degree of fan wank. Um in in it uh and sometimes it's okay and sometimes it's a bit over the top i mean it's interesting how much they've branched out you know the the doctor who unbound stuff that they did you know the which is the mm-hmm, sort of what mm-hmm. if with other people voicing the doctors uh with uh Sherman now has a really had... interesting one in those too as well yeah um wait which one did he do uh i'm trying to remember the name of it now but it's the one where the doctor is actually just an old guy uh, with a family um, that he is absorbed in this fictional world right. and is kind of neglecting uh I, I don't know if that was a spoiler if uh, it was sorry no it's it's the it's the DS9 far beyond the stars equivalent uh, uh okay. how I refer to it um I'll take your word yeah for it. um yeah I, I like that one um the uh what was I going to mention of course now that they've done stuff with they they have multi master stories and they have uh river song meeting all the all the other doctors and um, mm-hmm. and you know they they, they there's so which many things weird, that they can do okay. which branches out. What's that? I said which is weird, but okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean they can find enough excuses for it that it, it branches out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean the branches. thing that the thing that I think is super great about it is the the kind of um, second life it's given to all the past doctors, at least those yeah. who are participating, because you have Colin Baker in particular gets stuff oh that's gosh. actually written yeah. good for him. Which is such a relief. I really like him, and I really like the Sixth Doctor. I just, I just don't think he was well served on TV. That's not a controversial opinion, um, but I'm really glad that he's gotten some great scripts uh, on Big Finish, including The Holy Terror and uh, mm-hmm. Jubilees. So yeah, um, so yeah. I mean, if you are like, oh man, I wish there was more David Tennant, or I wish there was more. Uh, Peter Davison or more Mr. McCoy, uh, you can get it on Big Finish, which is really great. And I also love the fact that uh, Katie Manning, who played Joe Grant on the show, mm-hmm. also plays Iris Wildtime, <laughs> Paul Mars, uh, kind of like wacky uh, quasi doctor figure. I don't even know how to explain her well, her role the, and the, presence, but I, I love that she is in that role and uh, continuing to do things with a completely different character. I mean, she's been compared to proto as proto River Song in some ways. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, River Song's I, a little bit Iris and a little bit uh, Benny, I suppose. Yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting to what extent that they've said, "Hey, to what extent is this remixes of things from Big Finish or from um, from the uh, from the book series?" Say, you know, Alien Bodies basically being remixed mm-hmm. for some of the stuff that happened with Matt Smith. Um, I, I believe Lawrence Miles is not entirely thrilled about that sort of thing, but um, I don't uh, think we want to get into that here. Whole different conversation. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I I do love his work though, um, and I kind of don't blame him for being salty about yeah. it. Um, well, so yeah, I mean, I think uh, some of this is going to be opaque to anybody who's not a, a big Doctor Who nerd. But the point is, uh, I think one of the reasons that you brought this up is the interesting fact of uh, kind of telling stories differently between TV mm. uh, and oh. audio and, and kind of having that 
just different angles on things uh, is really fascinating. You know, it, it's funny. I forgot. I don't know if you've listened to the Star Wars radio series. So, you know, the original. Know there was, was one. Oh, yeah. The original was broadcast uh, when the original trilogy trilogy was still being made. Or I think it was right after Jedi or what have you. And they did the first two and... and um, and Return of the Jedi wasn't uh, didn't come along until like the 90s, years later or whatever. But it's interesting because they expanded bits, and I don't mean bits that were you know in the original novel or in the original um, scripts that had been jettisoned. I mean, they actually wrote some stuff wholesale. Um, I mean, basically the beginning of the movie is more like episode two or three. Episode, uh, episode one is literally um, a non-canonical at this point, bits of how Leia ended up with the... Uh, plans and ended up escaping um, mm, mm-hmm. uh, Alderaan and being pursued. Uh, and and there were some of the same actors, I think, uh, if I recall, uh, Mark Hamill and Anthony Daniels reprised their roles, but uh, Han Solo is played by Perry King, who um, who played, uh, what was that show, Riptide in the 80s, and um, <laughs> and, wow. and, Brock, and Brock Peters, who is, uh, I normally think of as... Uh, one of the admirals in um, some of the Star Trek uh, original series movies, um, and as Cisco's father, if I recall correctly, in DS9, uh, mm-hmm. voices Darth Vader, um, and, and does a does a pretty good version. Um, it, it's interesting to see how they did the adaptation and how they expanded things uh, for that. They expanded it a bit more for um, for Empire uh, Jedi, if I recall correctly, I think was only cut down to six episodes and was a lot closer to the original. Uh, John Lithgow was doing the voice of Yoda, interestingly enough. Oh my god, um, <laughs> that, that sort a, a decent, sounds like it, it works. Yeah, oh yeah, it worked. It was a decent version, but but it's interesting again that the extra stuff that they expanded just to fit into like twelve episodes or something. I, I don't think they really needed hmm. to do it, but it was interesting to see how they expanded it and it had Lucas's blessing. But I don't think he had much particular input into it. It's kind of fascinating given how visual uh, a series Star Wars is and how, how it really lives or dies. Oh, yeah. I mean, there, there are certainly bits where they're describing what happened, what's going on on the screen instead of what's actually happening. And and they do put back uh, the deleted, essentially the deleted scenes with all of Luke's friends on uh, on Tatooine and, and oh, all yeah. the big stuff. So, um, hmm. you know, uh, does that need to be there? I don't know about that, but... Um, but uh, uh, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Are there any other uh, radio series you wanted to bring up? We are, I think, coming up on the time when we yeah. begin watching our episode. Um, but if there's anything you've left out, go ahead and bring it up. Yeah, not so much in terms of radio. I mean, I, I think the other stuff is mainly, um, I, you know, I kind of waved my arms with old-time radio stuff. But um, podcast-wise, I mean, the only other two that I could think of right off the bat, uh, besides, of course, uh, the fine folks at Starship Podcast Warlock, is... Um, <laughs> Bless them. Uh, yeah, uh, bless. As uh, there's one called, I think it's 372 pages, which is Mike Nelson and somebody else uh, who is, I think, not Mystery Science Theater. Uh, but they basically, it's, I mean, the, the full title is 372 pages of my life I'll never get back or something like that, which is them literally just doing a read of certain chapters of books that they utterly detest, in uh, particularly the works of Ernie Klein. Um, that you know they're they're kind of they're kind of um, hitting on Ready Player One, but like Armada, they utterly utterly tear to bits, um, and it's actually kind of brilliant. Um, I I enjoy I enjoyed both of those books, but I think everything they said was actually fair. Um, oh man, Ready Player and One. 
Yeah. Um, again, there's bits that I, as a child of the eighties and, and deeply nostalgic, I appreciate, but like there's bits where for me on that, it was like, I don't need this explained. I need all of this. And if I did need it explained, I wouldn't make it this, this completely. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like I could have written that better, but, uh, and, and we could talk about tropes and what have you, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, we are really wondering now. Yeah, I am. Uh, but and the other one I wanted to mention, which I've been listening to lately, is Darkest Timeline, which is uh, Joel McHale and Ken Jong from Community uh, that started it up during lockdown because, in particular, they were talking about COVID because Ken is actually a doctor um, in addition to uh, um, to a, a comedian. Uh, and so they, they range back and forth. I guess this started from the two of them actually just having long phone conversations. Uh, uh, I, I think Joel was quoted as his wife saying, oh, are you on the phone with your boyfriend again? Um, <laughs> when, when they would have, so that they turn it into a podcast and it, it ranges beyond them just being very jokey. And at some point they get into, at this point, whatever the latest COVID news was at the time. And then as it's gone on, they've also had several guest stars. I mean, um, uh, in many cases from community, although not only Dave Bautista was on whatever, but like, I mean, in particular when Jim Rash or Alison Brie are on, it's, it's comedy gold. Um, and I guess they haven't done any more since July, which is very, very sad, but, um, you know, I guess COVID over at this point. So, you know, <laughs> haha, don't I wish. Let's hope so. Yeah. Uh, let's hope it's closer than it was. Well, um, that's certainly a lot of things for folks to check out. Uh, the next, listen to them all are... now after this. The next thing I recommend that you check out is uh, us. Right after this short musical break, we will be watching episode five of the 1980s TV series of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Hello, everybody. It is time now to watch episode five of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the only six episodes of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy that were ever made in the 80s. Um, so we are nearing the end here. It's it's very wild. Um, so what you need to do, as you probably know by now, is queue up your, uh, your episode. Make sure there's nothing extraneous at the beginning and you're just looking at the black screen before space appears. Um, and we're all going to go at the same time. I'll say three, two, one, play, and we'll start. Jeffrey, you ready? Yep. Here we go then. Three, two, one, play. Uh, mm -hmm. Did this happen last time? We saw the stars' names before we saw the logo? I guess it must have, huh? Yeah. Strange. I forgot from last week. Dave David Prowse. Prowse. And, and Peter Davison. Of course, Peter Davison, yeah. Bastards. I don't remember this part of the Bayou Tapestry. <laughs> this green is the funniest color. Hmm. 
This is about the way I draw. <laughs> I know, I've watched you play uh, Jackbox. Yes, this is true. It's kind of how I draw, too. <laughs> I like the different 42s crossed out. Forty-two factorial. <laughs> the premise of a Stephen Moffat episode of Doctor Who. Great shot, kid. That was one in a million. <laughs> in space, everyone can hear your planet explode. Another exploding computer. Oh, the series ended early. I guess so. It's over. Roll the credits. It's over. <laughs> They've all regenerated into each other. I believe that's Valentine Dial, yes? No, I don't think so. height difference between those two. What? Chandelier? <laughs> I love that line. Me too.
No, it's the Singing Towers of Derillium. Well, it ain't Moss Eisley. <laughs> I feel like this is where the end of the world, the Doctor Who episode came from. Which is the satellite at the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Transformers. I liked it better when he said it. Assuming your economy hasn't collapsed. <laughs> right? Green eggs and ham. The tomorrow people. people. So people. <laughs> the lack of clothes. They don't know. They haven't done it yet. One of the bits that did not exist in the original radio series. I wonder how many like garage bands are called Disaster Area yeah. because of this. God, how tall is he?
Man, Alexei Sale looks weird. Easiest acting job ever. <laughs> David Dixon would have made such a good doctor. This is Prowse, <laughs> I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. Where are those plans? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's such a relatable narrative. the clang that makes that To cabaret or cabarets. <laughs> <laughs> 
Much better than the Algolian Zybike burger. And thus did Sandra Dickinson fall in love with right. Peter Davison. It's amazing that that's Peter Davison. It doesn't sound like him at all. It's a little closer to Robbie Coltrane, to be honest. <laughs> so is the creature great or small? <laughs> So good. I can watch this and the two doctors back to back. <laughs> <laughs> that was a brilliant performance, actually. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, I can almost picture Eric Idle doing this. Mm hmm. As the compare.
There they are. Woo! <laughs> All right, where's Hemsworth? I love his little sinister moments. Like I said, I, I get such cabaret vibes from this. Mm -hmm. Ah, one of my favorite exchanges. Yeah. <laughs> Ford just picks a knit off of his robe. Will not attempt to pick fleas off him. Earthmen are never proud of it anyway. Not sure I want to know about that whole personal abuse thing. <laughs> That's personal abuse. 
Well, I do love the fact in the radio series where you hear a very audible splash yeah. at that point. I'll be down in a minute. <laughs> the fourth 10 million stayed up <laughs> Zafe <laughs> did she cross her eyes at that point <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it is weird to hear him say Zafe. Yeah. So is that how you speak friend in binary <laughs> and enter?
I missed the line about um, about a black light lights up black to let you know you've done it. Yep. <laughs> the naughty bits of a babelfish. <laughs>
Oh, there we go. All right, well, that is episode five. We'll be back right after this musical interlude to talk about it. All right, uh, well, that was episode five. Jeff, what'd you think? Um, I liked it. Um, that this has always been one of my favorite, uh, episodes of the, of the original radio series and hence of this, it, it survives pretty much intact. Um, with, and in fact, I think even adds to what's in the original radio series because of the dish of the day and because, um, you, you're doing the, um, instead of the whole Hagenon, bits, well, that really gets into the next episode. Um, you have the hot black, um, setup which i think is a better setup actually but um uh there's one bit that i think is missing that or maybe it's in the next episode but the bit where where marvin says that the uh the question is in the earth man's brainwave patterns and and that that whole exchange is another one of those brilliant little insult things that i love but, but uh, aside from that um Aside from that this has some of my favorite exchanges in it in the series and um i, I feel like it mostly works um it's it's one of those bits again where I feel like you know I've I've seen this so many times that that I'm I'm not giggling at it anymore uh, because I'm just so familiar and can mouth the lines along with it, uh, but I feel like it survived mostly intact. Yeah, um, this may have been my favorite one so far. I know I said that last time, but this time I mean it because uh, this was better. I think even than the last one in in some ways. Um, I really love them both, but yeah, this this one has so many great bits. I love the whole concept of the restaurant at the end of the universe, um, and I, as I mentioned, I think that this is has to be the inspiration for the second episode of the revived Doctor Who series, um, the end of the world with Chris Eccleston, uh, where he and Rose go to the satellite or whatever it is that's observing the destruction of the Earth, um, you know, and they have those solar shields and things like that. Uh, yep. and it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, and all the weird people showing up. I, I just think it's, uh, clearly an, an antecedent there. Um, which oh, yeah. I, love. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I love that connection. Surprised. Uh, what else? Uh, I love the great prophet Zark one 
showing up right at the end, uh, the very end of the universe, uh, <laughs> because he got held up doing one thing or another. Uh, I love the I love the 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 compare there, Max Cordelplein. Oh yes, it, like it's. I mean, it, it's kind of a, a dopey little part that I think almost works better visually um, than it did even just in, uh, in in vocally. Like, I love the direction when they close in on him and he's uh, trying to create kind of a sinister atmosphere and then he says mm-hmm. something about the drink, uh, drink deals coming up. You know, it's, I don't know, it just is really effective to me. I really like it. Um, I do love watching his facial expressions on this. I, ha- I have to agree yeah. that, uh, you know, I, like I said, it, it reminds me of Cabaret in its own way. Um, I, I mm-hmm. have to believe that there has to be at least a little inspiration there, certainly. Oh, I think so. And it, I mean, this is a weird connection to make, but it, it reminds me a little bit of the Blake 7 episode Gambit, where they had a similar sort of Cabaret-ish MC uh, kind of overseeing the weird decadent proceedings there. What else? Um... <laughs> I think I think the exchange that you love is one of the ones that I love too, which is Marvin on the phone with Zaphod. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm just <laughs> sad that of course we didn't hear the sound of uh, you know um, oh, what's he uh, what's he doing Zaphod splash oh he's just phoned to wash up his head at us and I mean you know there's no <laughs> way that you could visually show Marvin sticking his head in a bucket of water but I but but from the audio I I love the timing of that in the original one that's that's the only thing that I'm sad about for this other than that it's you know I mean it's I mean, you have, for the most part, with the exception of, of Sandra and, and David, I mean, they're the same actors doing the same thing, and the timing is pretty similar for the most part, too. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Um, God, I love David Dixon's performance in this. Like, I, I've just really warmed to him as this has gone on, and I mentioned during the thing, I felt like, uh, once again, I see how, what a great doctor he would have made. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just, it's such a weirdly eccentric performance. It's so well-timed. I love his reply to Trillian, uh, when she's like, did you get it working? And he's like, no, we just stopped fiddling with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so, yeah, so doctorish. I love it. And, and it's um, interesting. Yeah. I, I think in terms of, you know, certainly where he's placed having traveled in time that, uh, for this mm-hmm. episode, that feels particularly apropos. It really does. Yeah. And I love the rapport between him and, uh, and Zaphod in discussing whether to steal the ship and just in general. Um, It's just really, really good. Like, I think they got some of the best guest actors on this show in general, and especially for this episode. Um, Just good (laughs) stuff. Peter Davison. (laughs) I cannot believe that was him. I cannot. I know. I can't He's completely unrecognizable, both vocally and visually. It's amazing. Agreed. Uh, I can't even picture him doing it. It's so crazy. Uh, but yet so perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't have an accent in All Creatures Great and Small, did he? Uh, I, I've i actually never seen All Creatures. I feel like I have once in a while, but yeah, uh, yeah I, maybe he... Maybe he didn't, but for some reason I'm wondering now if he, if he had a northern accent. But uh, yeah, just a lot of stuff works really well, I, I think, in this sequence in all the forms, but uh, particularly here, I think it was just very successful. The only thing lots that... Of, lots of dishes have a north. Anyway. Um. <laughs> the only thing that I kind of don't like about it, and it's really inevitable, is is the the it does look very much like they're in a studio most of the time, yeah. which of course they are, and you know, what are you going to do? But it is, it is very clear that it's <laughs> not a restaurant, uh, but who cares? I, um, I, 
I, I also like the fact that, of course, we get to hear Peter Jones narrate the um, the Hot Black uh, segment, which, again, is something mm-hmm. that didn't exist in the radio series. So we get to hear oh, yeah. his intonation of that. And, um, you know, I've certainly read that in the in the books, but uh, I, I think it it works so much better when you hear it in his voice. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I love, and I, I think it said, it, it wasn't Valentine Dial, I forget who it said, Jack May, I think, uh, yeah. was... Uh, uh, I, I love his inflections of just absolutely everything is just the, the, Ugh, the yes. voice dripping with with, you know, um, <laughs> courtesy and disdain. Uh, like, yep. I, I absolutely love every single line delivery that he has. Oh, it's so perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and Arthur's line, it's not so much an afterlife so much as an opera v. <laughs> v. <laughs> so brilliant. Uh, and it's it's. Uh, it's so clear in this one too that the kind of like we came here to do a few sketches, you know, right. that are sort I of mean, intertwined. This, right. I mean, this whole episode is really a uh, is really a breather after everything that they've had. I mean, literally, mm-hmm. they're sitting down and having a, a drink. The whole episode is they show up here, they figure out where they are, and they steal a spaceship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, if you think about it, 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 there really isn't much to the episode, but it's there. There's so many good bits in this that I'm like, you know, just. Uh, yeah, hang out here a little while. It's good. It's good. Um, I, I think it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's funny. You could really cut from episode four to episode six, and theoretically, plot wise, not lose very much. But this is, like I said, probably one of the best uh, exchanges and character moments in uh, in the entire series. Yeah, I really do love it. Um, there was nothing. I, oh yeah, I also like. I'd completely forgotten how they realized uh, hot black. Like uh, his his whole look with the kind of blue sparkly suit and uh the hair <laughs> the kind of i don't know pseudo meatloafy hair kind of um no it's i mean it, I, I think it's it's i mean it's elvis really is what it is but yeah, they, yeah uh, that's true dead yeah. for tax purposes mm-hmm. um and and then the whole his sort of formula for comedy here is so clear too which is just take everything to an extreme so you have you know this this restaurant with a, a kind of like macabre uh concept you know and then the 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 mc trying to uh uh just make patter about it um the whole uh disaster area thing of well this is a band that's so loud that you have to be this far back and they perform from here and it's just uh it it is kind of formulaic the way he arrives at these sort of like crazy premises but it's uh it 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 just seems to work i think just about every time and can we talk about poor Marvin sitting there for God knows how I long? Know. I know. I, I do wish they made him look a little more scuffed up, I suppose. But yeah. uh, he's uh, like, but he's like Rory guarding. Uh, it's funny. I was God. just about to say. Were that. you? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh God. Doctor Who needs a depressed android. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, K nine was not depressed. Uh, chameleon maybe (laughs) chameleon i'm depressed thinking about chameleon um yeah so this was good good stuff um i don't expect that we're going to be ranking these episodes but if we did i think this would probably be near the top for me it's probably this one and then the previous one i think are the the most consistently entertaining ones but yeah i've actually forgotten you know what happens in the next one I don't remember at all what happens in, in episode six of this. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's be interesting, interesting because this is really where some of the different series uh, change the most um, in terms, certainly from the radio series to 
beyond. And then, um, I mean, I, I remember roughly how, but especially because there is no second series here, and to what extent did they leave off? I mean, then again, you know, they'll find excuses to do, uh, uh, I'm sure they'd work around it no matter what they do in this one. But you're absolutely right. Like, I remember bits and pieces, but I'm, I am curious to see how they resolve it in this particular case, or don't, as the case may be. Well, you and I will find out in a week, um, and we will have found out by the time people hear this. Uh, but yeah, we are nearing the end of this this journey. Of course, they did only make the one series, so this is also going to be the, the end one, of, dear. <laughs> it's also going to be the end of season three of Starship Podcast Warlock uh, next episode. So uh, we are discussing uh, the possibility of a season four. Um, if you're hearing this now, you probably already know because we've probably already started it. But who knows? Six seasons in a movie. We may have left before we arrived. Who knows? Mm. Um, but yeah, if you have any input on this whole crazy thing, you know, and on the off chance we haven't figured it out by the time you hear this, uh, or even if we have, uh, join us. Starship at Starship Warlock on Twitter is the best way to get in touch with us. Um, you can even make a Twitter just to talk to us. Uh, I, I think it'd be well worth it. Um, we could be the only thing that you follow if you want to, and then you can tweet at us and tell us what show you want us to watch and we'll go nah sorry <laughs> we might not though you never know there are actually a lot of things that i've never seen uh that are uh british comedies especially more recent things so mm. who knows but anyway uh i guess that's it did you have anything else to add i don't Jeff? i don't um neither do i mm. in that case i think all that remains is for us to say this has been drew this has been jeff and you've been listening to Starship Podcast Warlock. Warlock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>